0: Good evening, everyone, should is my stuff on okay? My stuff is on okay. Okay, good evening. Um, I we're gonna talk about uh the mutant AU um tonight because I made the announcement for November and someone asked me why I announced November so um so early in the year and it's because um Plotting a novel, for people who plot, takes a lot of time. And when you're looking at an AU, like a mutant AU, or last year when we did the urban fantasy, um, or when we did the the alternate world, there's a lot of world building you got to do. You got to do some research. You got to do some plotting and some characters. And when you're giving a character a mutation, depending on when you give it to them, you're going to have a lot of character background work to do. So plotting a novel... 50,000 words, if you're a plotter, is a lot of work. So I always announce nano as soon as the idea is concrete. So those people like me have as much time as possible to get all their ducks in a row. So that's why. Um, It's not to tease or anything like that. It's just to to get everybody um, on task if they're task oriented. So I'm going to get Jillie on the phone and um, she has opinions about mutants. (laughs) <laughs> uh, well, I was also going to say Some people just also need a lot of time To um, Sit with an idea um, Like I cannot Think of a number of times I have been Talking to somebody who when they hear The challenge has no idea for it And then three months later Is when they get the inspiration So some people have kind of a Like a percolating creative process And they need to kind of sit with an idea For a while Um, And the more time they get to sit with an idea, the more likely they'll be able to participate. So, um, it's a win. Uh, Rogue says in the chat room, it's a lot of work if you pants, too. I don't, you know, the thing is, when I pants, I don't do any planning. I mean, the the projects that I've pantsed, and they're on, actually, Birth of the Serpent King was pantsed out the wazoo. I didn't even know... I, I I I had one scene and I was I had broken my foot and um I was I was kind of immobilized and irritated and I thought well I'll just go do something new and then you know thirty days later Lady Holder had a hundred K in her mailbox her email. Hey, read this, tell me what you she think. Was, <laughs> she wasn't sad. She wasn't sad. <laughs> I mean, it really, so when I pants, there's no, I mean, and so I would stop and, like, look up stuff, but there wasn't a lot of world building, because it was in Harry Potter, and um, I just, I used world building I already had. So for me, pantsing is um, not necessarily something that I plan for, but um, depending on your level of pantsing, some people sit down with a blank page on day one. Yeah, I mean, sometimes, the one time you intentionally pants, it was really hard for you. So you, you yeah, it went into, with you did a lot of world building though, in lieu of pantsing so that your world would be, in lieu of writing or plotting so that your world would be set. Um, I have a hard time deliberately pantsing like that because I can't just have an idea and then do nothing with it in my head. And if I'm going to plot it in my head, there's no reason not to write it down. So, right. Pantsing is pantsing for yeah, me is very dynamic. Yeah, I will never deliberately pants again, ever. Yeah, Pantsing for me is usually very dynamic. It's something I sometimes I just sit down. Um, the horseman with pants. That was just. I was actually working on something else, and I got this little bug in my brain. Um, and I put the other file aside and went and just. It was not very long. The horse was what five thousand words. Um, mm-hmm. but I just, it just kind of went, it was, it was like word mom, it just came out all at once. And, um, I was like, huh. And it went back to what other thing I did. <laughs> so, um, I don't, I don't plot, I don't plan to the pants. It doesn't work for me. No, I'll never do it again. Um, because I did hate it and I was very uncomfortable and I had to stop and make through the challenge and plot. Because it was just, mm. It's like, what am I doing to myself? Well, it's also a little bit torturous to know that you're going to have to pant something. I I don't know that I could. I don't know that I could plan to pant because the only way I could pant, um, plan to pant is to not know the challenge ahead of time until day one. That's the only way I could plan to pant. If I know the challenge, I'd be fucked. I have thought about doing that for a challenge is not releasing the theme until day one. So, whatever the theme is, you sign up with your title and your fandom, and then you get the theme on day one, and you have to make it work. Ouch, that's hardcore. (laughs) (laughs) That's when you get real simple shit. Uh. That's when you pick a really simple title and a fandom you are super comfortable in. <laughs> yeah, I would, you know, yeah, that could be interesting. I mean, sometimes, I mean, for me, something like that, if if I hear the challenge and I'm inspired, I you know, just dive in. But so if the inspiration won't come, I mean, it could be like, even for me, it could be like, a, okay, I am guess I'm dropping out. <laughs> Because <laughs> sometimes you can't come up with anything, you know? It depends upon how, you know, it depends on how restrictive the theme is. I know, I know you wouldn't do a super restrictive theme, but, um, no. yeah, that could be. I try not to. Don't look, Azure. I'm eating death berries. Stay in the bushes. I got plenty of milk. No worries. <clears throat> But yeah, exactly um, so what you said er uh, go ahead. Sorry. Um, you no, go ahead because go I didn't even know what I was gonna say, I forgot. <laughs> no, I was saying you said I had two about cups of poppy, like in the last thirty minutes. Oh <laughs> No, I have I do I opinion I don't really have opinions about mutants necessarily. Um I do know that like different different universes treat the define what a mutant is differently. Um, and when we were talking about what defines a mutant for this challenge, like the Marvel definition of mutant, even though um, more people are familiar with Marvel than they are DC, it's a bigger fandom. Um, Marvel's definition is very narrow, and not one I particularly was interested in. Um, I'm more interested in the mutant mutant as it pertains to what could constitute someone who would become a superhero or a supervillain, if that's your thing. Um, Here's an interesting but, thing about mean, Marvel. You know, because of the licensing thing with X-Men, and um, they can't actually use the word "mutant" in the um, in the MCU. Right, uh, although, because Disney has bought Fox, or is it Sony that has the mutants? Anyway, it okay. So yeah, here's it the, ultimately really it, it ultimately went went to. I think Sony had it originally, but I think Fox owns it now. But I could be wrong about that. And Disney just bought Fox, so maybe they're going to bring the mutants back into the play. But here's something really interesting about um, the mutant versus um, the mutant, um, the X-Gene, which is how mutants are classified in, the, um, in, in Marvel, um, versus, the tr- versus the creation of the Scarlet Witch. Now, in canon, the Scarlet Witch is a mutant. She has the X-Gene because she's Magneto's daughter. Right, but in the MCU, Quicksilver and um, it's it's implicated that Quicksilver and the Scarlet Witch are act were actually created by Hydra. They were manipulated. Right. So here's Marvel playing their own game, creating a mutant but not calling them a mutant, and totally dismissing. Um, Wanda and her brother's um, parentage. Yeah, I'd be surprised considering all the things they've done to not go down the mutant path that Mm -hmm. if they would actually bring mutants into the MCU officially, that would surprise me. Even though I know it's possible, it would surprise me. So I was talking to my husband about mutation and who I would consider a mutant when it comes to the current MCU. And, um, right, Quicksilver um, is in X-Men Origins, or or the X-Men stuff, and he's also in, or he also was in the MCU. They killed him in um, Age of Ultron. They never really say who the parents are of Petro and Wanda in the MCU. The first time we see them, they're in Hydra custody. We see flashbacks of them in um, a war zone, but they never really explicitly say who their um, parents are. Right, and they set them in a different generation in um, the MCU. So,
1: yes. um
0: But but it, it was curious as to how they moved around it. Go ahead. It was pretty implicit in the MCU that it it wasn't um, a mutant. It wasn't an enhanced right. person. So they've um, given they've used technology or some variation of the serum that they used on Bucky to create Wanda and um, Petra. You well, know, the, the mutant thing—the definition of mutant in in. In the MCU, there is no definition for mutant, really. Because there's um, no mutants, yeah. Because they don't use that term. Now, Right, it's a DC doesn't draw a line between people who are, you know, what Marvel would consider mutant, which is genetically modified in some way from birth, versus like a metahuman, um, which is a, I, I find that definition for the purposes of challenge to be more interesting because it gives room to people who are modified by scientific experimentation or by accident. It brings in abilities like Spider Man and Captain America and all that kind of stuff. It brings in all of those. Um, um, it brings in all of those abilities into the the realm of what uh, potentially what a mutant is, and so i think that as opposed to like marvel's own you know as opposed to the, the owned term mutant you know to me mutant is anybody who has who is at least part human who has mutations in their in their genes from some source whether it's from birth um <laughs> from their parentage, either alternate parentage or something they acquired or a recessive gene that got activated or whatever, or something that they acquired over the course of their life, whether through scientific experimentation or exposure or whatever. Well, Deadpool, yeah, Deadpool was an experiment, um, but they were experimenting with crafting on a biological gene that other people um, had naturally. Definitely, and we will I to, think he qualifies you, as a mutant. Definitely, definitely by our by this yeah. definition, yeah, and probably even by Marvel's definition of mutant, since they're crafting the X gene, I mean grafting the X gene onto his DNA. They're basically taking him from a born mutant to a, a lab mutant. Because my husband and I were making a list of characters that we thought qualified as a mutant, and I said to Chala, and he said no, and I'm like, yes, yeah. <laughs> he drank the flower. He turns into the. He drinks the, the flower tea, which I think the flower tea is probably activating some something in the genetic code, and it can be suppressed with the other flower tea and then turned back on. You know, so it's definitely a mutation. He's definitely a mutant whether they call him one or not. Spider-Man, Steve Rogers, in comic book canon, Black Widow, The Winter Soldier. um... Canonically, I do not believe that Tony Stark is mutant. But there is popular fanon that his IQ is a mutation. So, um, extremists, by this definition, by our by the definition we're using for the challenge, would be a mutation. Um, mm-hmm. I, by a marble canon of mutants, no, extremists would not be a mutation. So I, I'm assuming that people are asking, would it be it, we're let's assume in terms of questions, the question is would it be a mutant in terms of this challenge, we'll answer. Yeah. If your question is would it be a mutant mutation based upon a specific canon, you'll have to sc- clarify that that's what you mean. And yeah. Some people, some people have multiple mutations. They have multiple, not multiple mutations, but they have multiple. In terms of actual mutants, like the X Men, well, so talk specifically about the X Men, right? That's what we're talking about. We talk about a Mar- Marvel version of is the X Men, the, the 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 Brotherhood, whatever. All those people. Um, um, some people had multiple manifestations of what their X gene did, both a physical, um, or and and a, a, like a mental ability. Although, I mean, it, te- technically it's physical because what's going on in your brain is a physical thing magic. It depends upon how they get their magic. Um, Is magic like a Harry Potter magic? No. That doesn't fit this challenge. That's more fantasy. Um, I took wizards and witches off the board. I don't consider Doctor Strange a mutant. He learned to harness magic, but he's not a mutant. Yeah, I would agree. He could be a character in the story, but he can't be your main he can't be your main character. Right. He's like Tony Stark learning how to do computer programming. Now Wanda's magic is a mutation. But she's not only doing magic. But she's, she's doing got, like cypher stuff and tel- you know, telepathic. Yeah. I mean she's got some mental skills going on. Yeah. But, um, for the purposes of challenge, I just you know had to make a decision, so we just decided that you know um that magic witches witches and wizards um werewolves vampires are off the table and part of the challenge that we do at r t or at rough trade is to um help you focus and um to give your craft um Shapes and and to and, and to learn a skill. Uh, when it comes to um, fandom, a lot of times fandom lets you spread out so far and so big, and and it it, it gets really expansive. And this isn't it's fun, but um, if you want to sharpen your skills as a writer, you need to also learn to take it down and focus it focus your efforts in a very specific way so when we do theme challenges like that that's why Uh, when we did urban fantasy which i did not do well in um note to self um just you know it's just we're just furthering our skills That that's the point so um The immortals and the Highlander, no, because they're aliens. Well, yeah, um, Taylor would be a mutant because she was experimented on. Her, well, her family was experimented on. But the Highlanders, per canon, are actually not human. Are they all foundlings? I think so. They're not picking up their um highlander it's not it's not like something they're inheriting, like a recessive trait. They're all foundlings, so they're not actually human right. They're not human because they and um, I, it's really vague for me but but I feel like the reason why there could only be one is that only one can go home. yeah you'd have to double check Canon um on that i mean if if they're actual an alien, then no, it doesn't fit. That's already in the description if they're if they're inheriting an alien trait that's just activating for some people i it, it was i I didn't know they'd ever resolved the whole the whole foundling thing, but I remember the whole bit in Canon about them all being foundlings. Um, yeah, so it, that's highly implied they're aliens. Okay, here he goes. In the Highland, I'm on Wikipedia. On the Highlander universe, the origin of the Immortals is unknown. Panzer, who I guess is the uh, producer of the franchise, we don't know where they come from, maybe from the source. It is not known what the source is. An attempt to explain the origin of the Immortals was made in the theatrical version of Highlander 2, The Quickening, which revealed that Immortals were aliens from the planet Zeiss. This was edited out of the 1995 director's cut Highlander II: The Renegade version, in which immortals are from Earth but from a distant past. Neither of these two versions is mentioned in the later movies or the television series. Okay, so why did you clear that up? Yeah, <laughs> I think I think just writing, writing is, is the target. I think writing a straight Stargate AU or a straight Stargate story, and calling the ATA gene a mutation, is a cop out. It feels a little. It feels a little weak. It technically fits the challenge, but it feels a little weak. Yes, the ATA gene, if it's in an in an active state, is sort of a mutation, but it's not really a mutation that lets you do anything unless you're exposed to ancient technology. So, uh, you know, it it. Let's just say that mutations that don't manifest as anything aren't particularly part of the challenge, right? Because what point is the right. mutation you don't know you have? I wouldn't say the AT aging qualifies um, as an actual mutation. I mean, technically, yes, it, it's, it's alien DNA. But um, I'm going to be writing a Stargate AU. I've, I've already named it. Um, I'm calling it Evolution. Um, and it's going to be about Bug John. Nice. Now, the thing is, is that there's contradictory canon for most things. There's multiple, multiple storylines in Marvel for some characters, and the same thing in DC. Clearly we've got some contradictory canon in Highlander. Um, the most important thing is that you try to do something that fits in the spirit of the challenge, not just the letter of it. No, it doesn't have to be a canon character. It doesn't even have to be fandom. What you do have your this, the theme is is your main character has to be a mutant. You could set your story in Teen Wolf as long as your main character isn't a wolf or a witch. Yeah, I'm doing a Tony Genozo, um I talked about this before. Tony is Steve or uh, Steve. Um... Roger's grandson Um, Well actually I've plotted two stories One for DC Universe and one for Marvel Universe Both featuring Tony Getting some sort of something um, Becoming different Shall we say About the advanced ATA gene so the thing is is if I don't see my characters in Lantean Legacy as mutants. They're Lanteans. They're no longer human. Um they're they're something else. So I wouldn't consider the ATA gene or even an advanced version of the ATA gene a mutation. That's just me personally. Um, the whole point is to is to make you to work for it. You need to work for this, guys. So using a canon element like the ATA gene is just lazy. You can use a canon, like a canon mutation. Just don't have it be applying to the person who has that mutation in canon. So if you want to do something with, I don't know, somebody with wings, don't do it with... Um, Angel. Do it with somebody else. Don't don't use Warren Worthington the third. Give wings to somebody else who doesn't have wings in canon. He wouldn't get a letter. Claire says in the chat room, I'd already typed this out, but I think you answered it. Would it be okay to write a story of Harry as a mutant who has no magic and so is not a wizard? How would that affect H.P. Cannon when he got his letter? He wouldn't get a letter because he's not a wizard. He would be considered a squib, and squibs don't go to Hogwarts. I think if you wanted to write a Harry Potter non-magical AU, that might be a little better, a little easier, because that way you can dismiss all of HP's canon and just do whatever the hell you want. <laughs> if you want to slap some wings on Harry Potter, you go right ahead. <laughs> you don't have to actually call what's happening to your character in your story a mutation, Okay. That doesn't have to be. If, somebody, if somebody's altered through um, scientific methods and they're changed when it's over, something in their DNA is different. So they have mutated their DNA. Okay, that's just that's just it. If they suddenly have muscles that they didn't have before, something is different. If you don't have to call it a mutation, that's just what we're calling the challenge. Don't be super literal. That's my job. Being super literal is strictly my <laughs> yeah, my job. Yeah.
1: Everybody else that, has to stop. That's Julie's
0: job. <laughs> I got that I got that on lock. Uh, you know, actually, if Xavier started up with Logan, they wouldn't need CPS. They wouldn't need whoever comes and gets a dead body in Britain. <laughs> I'm actually pretty sure there might be a story where... In order to save Harry's life, his ex-gene takes over and it destroys his magic because you can't be one or the other. You can't be both. I think that story exists. I, I don't remember finishing it, but definitely it was Logan who found him. But I don't think I ever mm-hmm. finished reading that story. But Sometimes I have the attention span of a very, very immature gnat.
1: <laughs> like oh, right now funny. I'm
0: reading oh, that's four that's different funny. stories And it's not that they're not interesting, but I literally have about a thousand more detention span. And then I change stories and each story is interesting. So I'm not noping out of them. I just switch around and then I go watch TV. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I think just, you know, for the, for the, um, for the challenge, meet the challenge, honestly, approach it from a honest place and, um, a genuine place. And, um, don't try to skirt around the rules to make yourself more comfortable. And if you can't figure out how to meet the challenge as it is, don't sign up. I honestly do not remember the story with it where Harry is with but just I'm pretty sure it was on fanfiction.net so look for crossovers with the X-Men. Um Yeah, I honestly don't remember. I remember the only thing I remember about it was Logan finding Harry, I think on the side of the road or something like that. Um, and I remember the scene about the X gene burning out the magic um, or his magic activated his X gene to save his life, which sacrificed his magic or something like that. Literally that's about all I can remember, um, See, I'm only remembering the beginnings of the story, which means I didn't finish it for some reason. But sometimes me not finishing a story just means that I have a hundred tabs open, and that's one I never quite got back to. So, um. <laughs> yeah. So like, I have my uh, my DC my DC idea. Um, if you haven't seen Justice League, it's been out in theaters for a while. It's been out in theaters for what? Like eight months or seven months or something like that. Yeah, if you haven't seen Justice League. Um, I, I'm not too fussed about giving spoilers on the podcast, but if you haven't seen it and you don't want spoilers, you need to stop listening for a little while. Um, so, in, I have this idea where there's not a bunch, but a few people who are who have. Let's we we'll call it alternate parentage. Um, Wonder Woman is is half. She's a demigod. She's Zeus's in 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 the in the extended an extended universe. She is Zeus's daughter. Um, and I had this idea that there are. I was thinking either probably other gods are kind of running around out there. Because basically there's, they're not like an active force, but I just had this I, notion that it wasn't just Aries who had survived, um, but that they don't want to be exposed, so they lock down the gifts that they're imparting whenever they have a child. That they lock down the gifts they're imparting to that child. They like put a lock on their DNA to prevent them from manifesting any abilities. And when the mother boxes are when the mother boxes are reunited in Justice League that it breaks the seal on these few people who are out there who have um, this lockdown DNA. And it instantly causes them to have like a mutation where they inherit all these abilities from um, this Olympian DNA that um, has basically been suppressed in them. And they don't know what's happening to them, and there's not very many of them, but they don't know what's happening to them or why they're suddenly able to do weird things. And um, Tony's one of these people, and he went to boarding school with Bruce Wayne, and he figured out a long time ago that Bruce was Batman, but he never decided to never call him on it because he figured Bruce wanted to be running around in the dark doing crazy stuff. He was just going to let him do his thing and not mess with his thinking he was fooling anybody. So when this he starts things start getting weird for him, he reaches out to Bruce for advice. And anyway, that's the start. That's the sort of the setup. Um, cool. So that was sort of because I, I wanted to kind of try to play with the idea. Uh, I'm much more comfortable in Marvel universe, but I really enjoyed, um, I really enjoyed Justice League. Actually, um, I do think that Marvel, I mean DC, if they want to succeed as a franchise, needs to stop it with the tentacles. Enough, enough. Not every bad guy is going to be producing tentacles. Of some sort, because the fact that the mother box (laughs) destroys the earth with tentacles, weird mother tentacles, I don't know. It's just, come on. Someone's got a tentacle fetish. Yes, DC has a tentacle fetish. Um, It's a problem. It is a problem. So you need to move on and let the bad guys produce something that isn't a tentacle. My husband and I argued over whether or not Wonder Woman was a, um, a mutant. Um, well, he does agree she's not quite human, he doesn't agree that she's a mutant. And I don't personally think she's a mutant, um, but I do agree that she's not entirely human. so, did we decide whether or not the Highlander could be on the list? Because I'm keeping a list of things I can add to the yes. No, I think it's a, no. I this think scale. it sounds like they're pure aliens. If we account for the first movie that came out before they edited it. I mean you got the... You'd have to be working you'd have to you'd have to establish in your canon, in your story, what their origins are that they are at least half human. Wonder Woman is the daughter of Zeus. Yeah, she's the daughter of But she's she's the half she's she's his her her mother's human. Well, her mother's an Amazon. Wonder Woman's... If you don't, if you don't consider Amazon human, which of course I do, um, then man whore of the like gods. Huh? Zeus, man whore of the gods. There you go. Yeah. Why do we got tentacles in the chat room? I have, I have a hunch that's something from Bad Dragon. Yeah. Adam, ah, you guys cornered tails. I agree. Zeus was the first furry. Absolutely. He had some seriously fucked up tastes. But didn't he like to be the animal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a yeah. furry. Yeah. Yeah. He managed to find an awful lot of women who were into bestiality. I'm just saying. Some bird tried to bang me i'd be having issues with it yeah um or a bull no <laughs> <laughs> okay i I nope. take, take the bird <laughs> oh look how pretty is this one compared to the big giant bull on the hill oh uh, those are my choices i will take the i'll take this one um i think i'll take the shower actually i'll be taking the shower um But, um, (laughs) but if it's between the swan and the bull, I'm going to go with the swan. (laughs) Now, I do think, I mean, it could, it could be, um, Wonder Woman, I, for the purpose of the challenge, we think we agreed Wonder Woman sort of fit, but, um, Wonder Woman was raised as a demigod, basically. I mean, she never was, she never didn't have her powers, um, there was never any adjustment. It's a little bit of a difference to be raised as a demigod versus suddenly finding out that you have all these powers. Um, that's it, it to me conceptually in line with like be, being bitten by a radioactive spider. If all of a sudden your your biology changes in a way, um, because most kid, most people even in the X Men verse and with the X gene most were not born with their mutation. There were a few exceptions, but most were not born with their mutation. They developed it later in life. Um, Diana wasn't completely aware of, of aware of what she was though uh, until she was an adult. She there's that scene she where she's training that she, with her aunt, and she does some, she she throws her aunt with a force basically, and yeah. they were all really surprised that she did it. And then she turns out to right. be an actual weapon. She turns out to be the God Killer herself, not a sword. Yeah, she wasn't aware of who she was, um, but she Percy Jackson. Her, her the, the abilities were always there. Yeah, um, she never. It wasn't like she suddenly changed one day. It's her her awareness of the origins of what she was changed one day. I don't know. Somebody asked about Haven. I've never watched that show. Yeah. Um, most of those kids didn't know that they were demigods.
1: I'm uh, their powers.
0: And Kosey Jackson. But yeah, that kind of loosely fits. Um Someone asked earlier what styles could be in a Teen Wolf AU where he's a mutant, but he's not a a witch or a wizard or a a, a werewolf. He could be um, a clairvoyant. He could be, um, he could have fee or psychometry or telekinesis or, you know, he could, you know, he could give him all kinds of mental gifts. He could have wings. Yeah. You could have, if that, you could, I believe could, in canon, doesn't styles de, um, demonstrate some telekinesis? Well, styles have what they call a spark, which is mm-hmm. sort of generally interpreted to be magical related, but you could reinterpret what that spark is about. It could be side gifts, it could be telekinetic, it could be um, any number of things. Right, the, that that was implied. The whole thing with the mountain ash was well, that was intention magic, right? He intended something to be, and so it was, which is it sort of strongly implied that it has more to do with magic than anything else. Um, but you, you can reimagine that. that as telekinesis. Yeah, there are X Men who are capable of shape shifting. Yeah. So you could have an, a, a you could have somebody who has an, an ability to shape-shift into something as long as it's not lycanthropy because werewolves are strictly the, that's paranormal and we want to kind of go away from that. We want a line between that. So, but I would honestly stay away from paranormal fandoms. That's just me. But if you're very comfortable in Teen Wolf, um, you'll just have to find a way to make it work. I wouldn't, I mean, I would avoid Supernatural and Teen Wolf and Harry Potter for this fic just to keep myself on the narrow, on the narrow path. But, I mean, you'd have, yeah, you'd have to put in um, quite a bit of world building to mesh some, you know, some kind of mutations developing. Um, And we talk about werewolves, but it really is where anything um, but if you you could, if you did, if you wanted to use supernatural as your as your fandom, you know how do you and you wanted to have you know many of the canon events and stuff. It's like how do you put mutations in there? Um, now you could do something like a magical spell gone very awry, or some kind of demon summoning, or something that altered human DNA and people started mutating. As long as the magic, you know, as long as it was like um, a biological consequence of something as opposed to a magical spell directly on the people. And that could be actually an interesting way to have the mutations occur if some kind of spell gone wrong or something and it's starting to affect the whole population. You mean the VTV series. That was about aliens. Yeah, it was aliens. I mean, technically that one kid would qualify for this challenge, but you're talking about one child. Again, that's really skirting the edge of what the challenge is about. I didn't watch the new one. I'm opposed to remakes of certain things, and V is one of them. (laughs) I mean, the thing is, nobody's going to be able to answer questions about TV and movies we haven't seen. Um, so it's kind of a matter of, you know, figuring out the, what the guidelines of the challenge are and then you decide if what it is you want to do um, fits within the parameters and the spirit of the challenge because nobody's going to police it. I, you know, no one's going to police anybody's fandoms and write, read everybody's stories to make sure they actually have a bona fide mutation happening. And I mean, no one ha- anyone has it, time to set for that. But... If I notice it or someone points it out to me, I'm going to judge the fuck out of you. Yeah, <laughs> there could be all kind of <laughs> judging, but I don't have the time <laughs> or the interest in, Would you in, husband, in policing your trying. compliance. <laughs> to the, yeah, I mean, i I will judge your p- compliance to the challenge. But I don't have time to police it. <laughs> I mean, I judge, I'm still judging the fuck out of people who not only didn't comply with the single point of view challenge, they didn't even try. Um, That one. I was like, I wanted to email her. I didn't I didn't but there were several of you bitches, hussies, heifers, who didn't even make an effort to do a single POV and I'm like, Could you at least try? I'm over here suffering. (laughs) And she was. (laughs) I had to abuse pensive magic and Dobby and, and and Dobby was and Winky were spying like little like motherfuckers and it was it was it was tragic over here. I suffered. Some of you didn't even try to suffer through it. I'm just letting you know that I noticed. There was times we got sometimes multiple points of view in a single chapter. So there was a head hospital everyone Well they I'm not mad though. One point of view. I mean it it was it was terrible. But I mean, you know, I, I suffered, so I'm not sure why you guys didn't feel like you had to suffer at all. <sighs> Well, I mean, Kira, Kira's doing a a Stargate challenge, so she is using. She's doing Stargate for her challenge, so she is clearly going to do some kind of something that happens in that universe causes a mutation. In case in this case, in John, so yes, you could have something happen in the Stargate universe where people start mutating. That's that's definitely not a problem, but you need to have something. If you're going into a fandom. I mean, it's, it's certainly easier to work in a fandom where mutations already exist. Where this, But if you want to go into a fandom that you're more comfortable in, you've got to figure out a mechanism by which you're going to bring the mutation in. So, Or it could just be one person, but the point is they have to know about it. Like if you went with the MCU you could give um what is the most dangerous mutation you could give Tony Stark? Telepathy. Oh God. Oh his brain is so busy, would he even want that? That's the point. I think he would not only would would he not want it. He would hate it, he would be vicious about it, and he would let you know that he was reading your mind. He'd be a complete asshole. It would be so much fun. Care about your fandoms or your fusions. The only stipulation is is that your main character has to be a mutant. And we've outlined what doesn't qualify. No vampires, no werewolves, no aliens, no witches, wizards, angels, demons, ghosts, um, no ABOUs, no gods. So basically, you take all that stuff from your paranormal stuff and set it aside and figure out other ways for people to be different. And there's plenty of fodder for ideas in the various comic book universes. Um and you can you some give somebody division. all the powers of a Zoid, Just don't call them Betazoid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Then <laughs> you look at you know if you give somebody um like Tony Telepathy or you give somebody like Steve Rogers um um I don't know uh telekinesis, or you give you give somebody like the winter soldier the ability to teleport well, that's dangerous well yeah i. It's kind of my headcanon that the that that Vibranium is involved in Steve Rogers becoming a super soldier and that he has an affinity for the element, which is why he mm-hmm. has such precision control over his shield. Yeah. But it is almost a telekinetic, but it only applies to Vibranium. So um, that's my personal headcanon. Because his control of his shield is ridiculous. Even for a super soldier, it's just ridiculous. Yes, yeah, Steve is already technically a mutant for the challenge, but I would do something else to him if, if I was going to pick him as a main character because um, the point is to stretch yourself. Yeah. And if you've already written, you know, your... You're, if, you're writing another, if, you, if you're big in the MCU, if you write a lot of MCU and you've got your favorite pairings and you just basically write another MCU story like you've already written before, you're not stretching yourself for the challenge. You're just doing what you've always done. Now, if you've never, it could be a stretch for you. If you've never written in a comic book verse, um, you've never written anybody with these kinds of powers, the stretch for you might be to write them in their canon circumstances. And only you can determine what's a stretch for you. I need some tea. I'll I'm going to be on the phone, but I'm going to mute for a second so you guys don't have to listen by the okay. face. Okay. <laughs> um, I was um I I'm still noodling my plot. It's going to be a, a Rule sixty three, and so it'll be Meredith, and um, she's going to come to Atlantis, uh, because she's an expert on on mutants. She's going to be a different kind of scientist. And um, she's a mutant herself, so there are mutants on Earth. Um, and when John's exposed to um, the erratus DNA, he goes through a transformation and genetics that he already has um, wake up in response to the bug DNA. And this is before he gets in contact. This is just the original erratus infection, the bug on his neck, not the second Exposure just the original, the bug itself activates stuff in him. So, when they get back in contact with Earth, the first thing they do is they ask for somebody. Um, because John's practically feral, so Meredith comes to Atlantis to, um, to kind of wrangle a beast. Oh, no, she's, um, I wouldn't call her a soft scientist. Um, She's a... a, I I can't see McKay being soft about anything. I do consider soft science to be more social sciences, like psychology and social, uh, literally, you know, anthropology, um, and that kind of thing. So I wouldn't consider a a biologist a soft scientist. Um, I wouldn't consider a geneticist a soft scientist. Um so that's just you know that's just my personal preference my, my my personal thoughts on that um but yeah, she's gonna be um she changed she went into um genetic mu- um a mutation um research to help her sister who- he, um he mutated first and then she mutated, so I haven't really decided what merit of this gene mutation will be, but she'll be a mutant. And she's going to come to Atlantis to help John. And to make sure that John's not contagious, because Earth isn't letting anybody from Atlantis come back to Earth until they know for certain that no one on the expedition besides John is going to um, mutate into something extra. Canon McKay does think that everything but astrophysics. And engineering are soft scientists. I mean, everything except for astrophysicists and engineers. Everybody else is a soft scientist, as far as Canon McKay is concerned. But this is not a Canon McKay. So I, you know, um, this is subject to change. This is currently what my, my what my plot looks like, and you know, what I'm thinking about. Because I, um, I often write the ramifications of. John being exposed to the erratus DNA in a somewhat positive manner and that he's able to deal with them. And I would like to do it in a way where he's not... He's not blue. But he's having a very difficult time. So, I don't know. I think it'll be interesting. So, but... When I get into the play pictures, i will know whether or not it's viable, and then i I may have to go back to the drawing board <clears throat> so I'm gonna add Highlander to the qualified list with the stipulation that they have to be non alien for those for that person who asked about that. He is pretty blue, but um I don't want it to be him to be so far gone that um it's impossible for um romantic feelings to develop because I am a romance writer and um, so her there to research the problem yes John being territorial and short tempered and you know yes John being a big blue bug that's not sexy (laughs) (laughs) not unless she can fix it really quick (laughs) So he ha- this is not his second exposure, so he has not been turned into a big blue bug. The the big blue bug thing happened after the second exposure. Um yeah, so this that's is that's really just stuff verifications of his first exposure. That was what, thirty eight minutes? That's yeah. An early episode in season one. So he's been dealing with this most of the fir- um well the entire almost the first season, the first year of the expedition. So, um when um McKay brings her team out uh, he's having to um, the city's basically in lockdown and her team they're all mutants and so they're coming to the city to see if the rest of the population has been exposed to whatever to John if if, if John has passed this, um, this around and um, what to do about it so um, for, for Meredith and her team, this could be a one-way ticket. Because if she determines that it's contagious, then they're stuck there too. Yeah, that's a little like, that's a little Doom-esque, you know. The, did, you see, did you see the movie Doom? I did. Yeah, they I mean, they have kind of the same vibe there, right? With Except, you know, there's no romance in that. Well, yeah, there's no romance in that movie. Um I don't know, the rock was pretty damn romantic. <laughs> um, so I somebody asked a question of I don't think you answered this question about oh, everything scrolled back down. Shoot. I wasn't reading, I was trying to catch up on what had happened in chat while I was in the kitchen. I was listening to everything, and I just... We asked a question about using another world as a backdrop. I mean, I don't think anybody cares what your backdrop is. Fusion, crossover, don't give a shit. This is all about your character mutating and responding to that mutation, or, you know, ha- having dealing with the mutation of, of their body in, in some way. Um, we should probably talk about the fact that Sentinel guides on the table. Um, yeah, I did put it on the table because I knew some asshole would ask and I'm like, fine. <laughs> I'm not calling you assholes in. in a bad way. I'm just saying some of you are obsessed with it and I love a Sentinel Guide AU as much as anybody else, but I get my feel of it in July um, for the most part. I mean, the, um, the one difference is this would give you an opportunity to do a long Sentinel and Guide story because it is Mano. So if you had... This burning long plot, which like, Kira and I have like, put up a bunch of them, that um, you wanted to do, you could, but because it's about coming into a mutation, it would not be viable to do someone who was already online, I don't think. I mean I haven't read Dune in a long time but I'm pretty sure the spice doesn't do much to humans. Yeah mutations that don't do anything are I I mean and we look at Paul. Paul goes through a mutation because he drinks the, the water of life. And Jessica goes through a mutation because she drinks the water of life. But but if if you become yes, they can be born with it. Yeah, we already talked about you can be born with it. Do you mean that an act being born? Well, hmm, hmm. I mean, technically, I guess yes. I mean, if you want to write a story where Tony Nozo is born with wings, and that's the mutation you're dealing with, I mean, that would fit the challenge. Um, it is something he's had his whole life. Paul was not bred to take the water of life. Paul was supposed to be a girl. Paul was not bred for it. He was um, not... They did not want him to take the water of life. There was a selective breeding program, and Jessica was supposed to have only girls. Right, and Jessica was supposed to have girls for that cross-feeding, that that specific breeding program they had. Paul was not supposed to be um, uh, born. So he wasn't bred for it. He had the genetics for it and he had the potential, but the water of life had killed every other man before him. And then he took it and became the, how do you say it? The Kizart. He is the Kizart Cataract or something like that. That creepy little girl, could she be any creepier? (laughs) Yeah. I don't think she could. (laughs) Right, but so Paul does mutate in the book, in the movie, in the miniseries, however, how you want to do it, because he takes the water of life. And yes, the spice is involved in the water of life, but the spice itself does not make him mutate. So I would not consider the the Fremen mutants. I would also not considered the Fremen humans. <laughs> well, true. True. <laughs> when you but when you're coming up with your mutation, um I don't know. I guess I would feel like you're kind of cheating a little bit, spirit of the challenge, to give somebody a mutation that they didn't have to deal with in a meaningful way. Um, light-glowing eyes. Like, you could have a human who's mutation, and, like, they have the X gene. You could go full-on X gene, and their only thing is that their eyes glow. Well, I mean, unless their eyes glow all the time, hey, it's kind of boring, but, you know, no judgment. Um, but it doesn't really impact them. So they're not really learning to live with anything. Except Sunglasses. Laser vision. Laser vision um, would be a mutation, unless you're Superman, then you're just an alien. (laughs) Yes. Superman's an alien. I mean, did anybody else see, I'm assuming other people have seen it, It's Sky High? Um, I love Sky High. Yeah, it's very charming. Um, the sidekicks, a lot of them had really kind of what seemed like useless powers, but weren't truly useless, you know, which the the, the movie showed that they weren't, that those powers weren't, weren't truly useless. Um, people coming into superpowers that, for whatever reason, it's never really explained how they come into those superpowers, um, other than being born as superheroes. That would be a mutation, right? Um, yeah. All the Incredibles are the- okay. mutants. Yeah, <laughs> by our definition, and actually by by DC, DC the DC universe's definition is there's no difference in DC between a something with like a genetic mutation and a metahuman. So um, becoming an ant, if if you actually become another species, then you're not human anymore. I right. Mean, I wouldn't mind being a tree in my next life as long as no one gets to cut me down. I have rules about that. I mean, that would be, that would be one of the things you'd have to deal with is that if your mutation is leading somebody towards being a plant at the end of it, then I guess the the path of that could be, but but that's going to end badly. Yeah. It feels like it's not going to end well. So I don't know. I read a thick in Stargate, I believe, where John's team gets exposed to something off-world, and they turn into trees or some kind of plant. Something about apples. Something about apples. It's very long time ago. I've slept many, many nights since then. <laughs> That's familiar, though, right? Well, one of you guys have read that, right? I'm losing my mind. I haven't read that. Um, was it Fungus? Oh, somebody somebody linked up above a, a HP story that they thought might have been what I was talking about. Um, but it was with Riddick. No, it definitely was not. The story I think mean, was definitely not a crossover with the Chronicles of Riddick or Pitch Black. No. No, 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 no. Definitely had to do with the X gene. Now, here's another example of what I, in my mind, would not fit. Is um, assuming you made the argument that all life in, you know, in let's say in, in the in the pitch black universe, um, um, let's say in the pitch black in, in the pitch black universe, um, let's say, assuming that all life in the universe is human, which I don't know that you can make that position, but let's say you did, that all those people who look like humans are human. Um, the necromongers, to me, would not be mutants because they're using science to basically turn off pain receptors and stuff, which is not really a mutation. Um, they're not augmented anyway. they just don't feel pain. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's something going on with them because they look like a walking dead. But you'd have to really be careful how you positioned it um, because just turning off pain receptors is not um, is not really a mutation. Okay, the Star so Wars question. Like, we knew Star Wars was going to come up. Is being a Jedi. Yeah, cow- I even talked about Jedi. I haven't talked about Jedi. Um, it seems like in the story that. Um, They're all going to, like, blow up and, you know, release the fungus that's in their body. And they turn into this big fungus thing or this tree or whatever. And they all think they're going to die when it happens. But after the alien fungus, like, blows, they turn back into regular humans. I haven't read that. That's just how that species propagates. I was like... I think it was on Fate. Um, but it was like a decade ago. I couldn't. E- I couldn't even tell you who wrote it. It's interesting though. Yeah. So in terms of um, the Jedi thing, to me that's the same as um, Sorcerer's, Sorcerer Supreme, Doctor Strange. That's the way I would look at it. But the boss lady would have to make the final judgment on Jedi. Thank you, Azure. It's called The Taste of Apples, and it is on Ao3. I knew there was apples in it. It's called The Taste of Apples, and it's by Auburn. No wonder. Um, there's a sequel? My goodness, there's a whole bunch of sequels. I've only ever read the first one. Well, I guess I know what you're doing later. <laughs> I mean, I you liked just- it well enough to remember it all these years. Yeah, it was written in two thousand five, so it says a lot. But yeah, I, I remember I knew there was apples in the title. It, it, so thank you, Andrew. I appreciate that. Um, it was very good, but Auburn is a very good writer, so it's not a surprise at all. Um, and I probably haven't remembered all the details correctly, but uh, it really just it you know, it's like I, it it was two thousand five. <laughs> I think it might have originally been a big bang story? Hmm. Anyways. So, make the call on Jedi. Are Jedi more like the Sorcerer Supreme and so not eligible? Or more like, I don't know, something actually mutated? Well, in the Star Wars canon, there are um, people born with midichlorians, midichlorians, whatever. Um, As far as the new trilogy goes. Um I I would say that since um My question my issue becomes one of world building. Um while I can see a character developing the skills of a jedi through genetic mutation um which is basically telekinesis um telepathy um empathy um, uh, extreme physical awareness of their environment um uh and and the like, I don't know how a human being would come to call themselves a jedi. Unless it's a joke. Unless it's a joke, right. Unless they're saying, oh, well, you know, I watched Star Wars a few times and picked it up. <laughs> but if Star Wars is fictional in your verse, if it's actual a series of movies, then they can't really be Jedi, because Jedi don't exist in reality. Um, but if you're saying that um, since, you know, Star Wars takes place a very, very, very long time ago in a very far away galaxy, that somehow this Um, ability has come to Earth to humans um, you would have to explain how that mythology came with it and that seems like a lot of work just to give your character telekinesis (laughs) when you could just literally give them telekinesis (laughs) Just saying, you know? Yeah, it's like how would they know if 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 it was the same world and it's thousands of years later and people are starting to develop the abilities of the Jedi again, how would they know they were the Jedi? I mean, I guess once you right. went down a certain amount of the path, Yoda could be contacting you and explain shit to you. That would work. Well, this is a case of, like, you would have to have, they would have to eventually walk a certain distance down the spiritual path and developing their abilities, and then some past Jedi would get in touch with them and explain what the Jedi are, and da-da-da-da, and here's how you build the lightsaber, and da-da-da-da, and go steal a really big... um, go steal a really big sapphire from somebody. And uh, And that's about 150K. Good luck. (laughs) So I'm not saying no. I'm just saying that that's a world-building challenge uh, that I would not undertake. Because in order to make it authentic, you're going to have to dig deep. Because yeah, you're going to have, have to really to understand um, metaphysics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: And, like, how does
0: somebody without any anybody to guide them... Start walking down that path. I mean, does Yoda just pop up in some... Does he just, I don't know, pop up in Daniel Jackson's room one day and say, you could be a Jedi? And he goes, what? What? Yeah, that was actually a crossover with Star Wars. Um, no, actually, John was a Sith and Rodney was a Jedi, and John wasn't a very good Sith, or was Rodney not a very good Jedi? Either way, they ended up hooking up, so I don't think Rodney was a very good Jedi. <laughs> I think I think either way, neither one of them were very good to their order. <laughs> <laughs> they were far too interested in begging each other than actually doing, you know, their job. But that isn't the same thing as a mutant AU. I think that um in order to um to build a mutant AU around the Jedi um mythology that you would have to you have to really dig really deep into um um into metaphysics and probably um several different re- religious orders, probably Buddhism and Taoism and is that how you say that, Tao? Tao Taoism? Um uh Deep meditations and um, altered existences and um, uh, different planes of, of, I mean, it would just be, it will be a lot of work. Because I did a lot and of that. that. I did a surface scan of that when I was doing Tangled Destinies for um, the Zoids mythology because there isn't a lot in canon. There's some in the books, but the books aren't canon. Um, and so I was, I had to build a lot of the the religion for beta Z um and I skinned the surface, and it was a lot, a lot of work, so I you know it's, it's totally up to you though, yeah, the dark side by I asked a lot. Now, some, people, some people will be gung ho with the spirit of the challenge, um, and some people won't. Um, but, you know, I will say that if you feel the need to ask like 50 clarifying questions about would your idea qualify, odds are it doesn't, for starters. Um, but if you're that invested, in trying to make your idea qualify, just just you do you, man. <laughs> because that that's just crazy. It's just that too much work to it's 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 too much effort into um, into trying to shape the challenge to what you want to do. You know? Just that, get into it. Yeah. We had so many questions about the point of view challenge that sometimes I wonder if they just some some people just chose not to understand on purpose. Who's Mike Banning? Olympus has fallen. London has fallen. Oh no, he's just Jared a white Butler dude in the movie. movie. Yeah. And that's typical. He's just a activity, white dude. He's just a white dude in a movie. Starring him. If you want. Oh, come on, guy. I mean, you you want to take somebody who has a, um, improbable survivability, um, like Bond or Mike Banning or Ethan Hunt, and call them mutants? Go for it. I, <laughs> you're going to have to do a little bit more than that. <laughs> but, but I'm going to judge you if like, they're not actually a fucking mutant. Yeah, I better see some some, kind of... some bulletproof skin or or superhuman strength or superhuman speed. Well, if you want to just work in canon, you're gonna to have to have some kind of reveal about a discovery of a mutant gene, and that some people are whatever. Um, you could do some kind of whole persecution thing where guys like Mike or Ethan or James Bond or whatever don't think they're mutants and they wind up testing positive. For a mutant gene, and maybe it has something to do with how they survived. And it starts—I mean, that's very dystopian, kind of angsty and dark. I wouldn't want to write it, but you know, if that's what you really want to do, do it. But the—but the heart of the no, the part—the heart of the challenge. A character who is mutated or mutates. Your main character is a mutant. That is your challenge for November. Now I'm going my my plan for November is to write a character, write the Marvel one, where he is both he is able to become a mutant based upon something that's actually already in his blood, which is that he has this Super Soldier Serum in his blood. And that other things are done to him as well. Additional things are added to it. And then the serum is activated through technological means, giving him all of these superpowers. Is this the one where he gets so, kidnapped and then Steve finds out he has a grandson? He's pissed? Yes. I'm looking forward to this. I decided to call it Sentry, and I'm going to play with the Marvel okay. mythos around Sentry without actually using... Sentry himself. If that's the code name they have for Tony um, that, Phil, that first Peggy and then Phil did it, they just called him Sentry um, was his code name and then that becomes his code name. His, his alter ego once the serum is activated is Sentry. So I'll be using some of the abilities that Sentry had in, in the comic books um, without actually doing the whole Sentry backstory. stuff. There's no Sentry actual like canon Sentry. So I'll be kind of deconstructing some stuff from Marvel's canon in order to make this character called Sentry. There'll be no tentacles in the story. Does anybody have a if anybody has Isn't he the wolf? I can't tell which questions are serious and which ones are not. So if somebody has I'm squinting at you. Not you. At me? Oh. Not you. I don't have a tentacle phobia. It's just come on, we just need to move on. You know. I have a tentacle phobia. (laughs) I I only have a tentacle phobia when they're used in sex. Um, (laughs) On screen. On screen. You can do whatever the hell you want with tentacles off screen. But on screen, I don't want tentacles involved. Unless they're like hair petting tentacles. That's okay. I don't want hair petting tentacles. I don't like anything touching my head. Oh, I do. I, have, I like having my head. I have, I have issues. I like having my hair brushed. Really? No, I don't I want anything it. touching my head. Weirdo. I have issues. My issues have issues. i tell held a little octopus. I let it wrap its little tentacles all around my hand and my wrist. A little strange, but I did it. No, um, Frasier's wolf doesn't fit the challenge. His wolf dog, no, you little weirdos. Are you just asking me questions so I will huff? Because I can do that for free without you actually, you know, asking me crazy ass questions. <sighs> that wasn't me, that was her. <laughs> There can be mutant shapeshifters. That's completely allowed. If their shapeshifting is related to a mutation and not being a werewolf, or a were-bunny, or a were-spider, or a were-gnat, or I don't know. A gnat? A were-toad. Actually, but speaking of, Ant-Man's he, not a um, mutant. No. He has no ability outside of the suit, so no. Um, also, he's a actually, character. I, if you can do a believable wor- world with werens, you go, you go on and do that. I will accept werens for <laughs> as being mutants because that's weird. <laughs> if you could come up with a re- ha- displace that much mass, you go on. That's not magic. Yeah. one of the events that you could play with, um, I think it'd be really interesting. In the first X-Men movie, the very first one, Magneto's plan is to release this, um, this technology way. He's created this wave, this, this um, to mutate people, to make everybody on the planet, either a mutant or dead. Yeah. Turns into and he, yeah. yeah. And um, he failed. But what if he succeeded? And that's why your character mutates. Even if they manage to stop it before it encompasses the whole planet, it could easily encompass the whole city. Yeah. A whole, very powerful city. Um and that will give you circumstances for you to work with um, where you could create new mutants and still have the the foundation of the X-Men um for comfort If anybody deserves to breathe fire it could be Pepper Potts for all the shit she has to put up with Yeah, Extremis was, was after the Avengers. So if there's a fic where um, she's breathing fire it's before the Avengers, it was not Extremis related. Um, Penumbria I don't like what they did was, with extremists in the MCU. I, I much prefer the comic book version of Extremis. That's just me. The comics did some things much better than the than the Cinematic Universe did. The Cinematic Universe has not been good for um, character continuity, for repercussions. I mean they just kind of um it's like they've got a story arc they wanted to tell and they just kinda of let a bunch of random people have the plot as long as they tied it back into the main story arc. It's just I don't know. Some frustrating of makes sense. Especially especially the characterization, there's sometimes characterization goes so off the rails that I just, like, ugh. I want to stab somebody. Yeah. Not fatally, probably. But when you take... It's one thing you have to consider is that when you take a universe like um, NCIS or any, any of the procedural crime dramas or just a crime, crime drama uh, or even just a contemporary drama and you plunk it into a world... Like a Marvel world or a DC world or whatever, um, that by necessity, that you're, you're, the events of your procedural aren't going to go exactly the same. Technology is different in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, much different. Even even the technology the public has access to is different. So and things are dramatically different in the DC universe. So you have to. Um, you have to consider um, if you're moving, you know, characters and situations and you're kind of crossing over, which I'm doing, um, a contemporary kind of drama or comedy or whatever into a universe where, like Marvel, DC, um, any other kind of comic book universe or a game universe where there's mutations, um, that you're going to have to figure out on some level, what would have been different in your verse? Well, I think that I mean the thing is if you it, okay, so like people asking the questions about um, if there's certain mutations and like characters in NCIS already had certain mutations. Um, I think that a Tony with telepathy doesn't wind up at NCIS. So that's why you have to be careful about where your character gets their ability, what the regulations are around that ability, and would it lead them down the same path? So if you want Tony to still be at NCIS and no Gibbs and no da, 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 he needs to come into his ability after he's already down that path, not before it, unless he's getting some ability that really helps him be a cop. Um, I would think that they actually wouldn't allow telepaths to be cops. Personally, if they know about them, if they know, if they know, that's true. Um, that's right. If Tony was telepathy, he would have he would never have been mystified about. Um, he would have known what was going on with um, Danny back in Baltimore, and he would have been there to meet kids. So, um, you have to consider like if Tony, if like if, if McGee is like some kind of technopath. Odds are he's not going to go, I mean, unless his dream is really to be, um, uh, I mean, that it, it could be. It could be he doesn't like being a technopath and he really, really wants to be an, an agent. You could make that case, but he'd be so heavily recruited if he was a technopath to do something with that, considering his aptitude for technology anyway, that him being out and, you know, um, doing crime scene sketches and gathering evidence would probably be considered a waste of ability. So I mean, just consider ramifications of, unless you have mutation be really, really, really widespread and that most um, most um, people, like maybe half the population, have some sort of mutation, then if it's not a big deal. People have a mutation. Everybody has a mutation anyway then, yeah, you'd have some mix of people with mutations on um, investigative teams. Ellie asked in the chat room, but do you want to be defined only by your ability? We already are. As a society as a whole, we are defined by our abilities and our appearance. Um, and more often than not, if you have a certain kind of appearance, it doesn't matter what your abilities are. Yeah, you are deemed so, worthy based on your ability to make money and to conform to society norm to to, to societal norms. So in canon. McGee wants to be an agent. Some have, for some reason, that's what he wants to do with his life. He wants to be an agent, um, but he's always showing off his technical abilities. So he doesn't disdain that ability at all. Um, he wants to use his ability to hack or whatever um, to improve his life, to improve him, and to show to and to be to be a better agent for starters. But to get he's not as good at other things that agents are good at. So he really kind of plays that up. Um, in compensation for the abilities he doesn't have. Um, so if you're writing a story where he doesn't want to be defined by this, let's say, a technopath ability, you're going to have to really alter his character to where he's not showing off that ability, which is what he did in canon. You know, Not wanting to be defined by your ability is fine. Um, or like, let's say, we do that with the sentinel guide thing. We have sentinels and guides who don't want to be defined by that. That's I've done that in some of my stories, blah, 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 but, um, you know, just think carefully about how you're putting those those elements together. And if your if you're work if if your reason if your rationale for some of the things you're doing is because you're trying to make canon happen, um, I have no advice for you because <laughs> doing crazy shenanigans to try to make canon come out the same. Is not something I'm even. That's not something I'm going to put a lot of lot of mental power to because I think it's a bad idea. We've had multiple podcasts around that. I um, I find it boring as a reader to see a writer retread canon. Um, if I wanted to read canon, I I would read canon. (laughs) I have all the Harry Potter books. I don't need you to tell me what happened in the um. Harry Potter and the philosophy stone. I already know. Yeah. If you give I've read that Denzelzo book a few times. Of, if you give Tony D'Amazon a bunch of abilities from a young childhood or something like that, and yet he still winds up in the exact same place, you're not considering the consequences of him having completely changed circumstances. And we've talked about that extensively, about considering the consequences of changing something. So, um, I would honestly, I would never give Tony any kind of gift as a child unless you dramatically change his parenting situation. Because if you give yeah. Tony any sort of gift that could be used to cheat and con people, his father would have ruined him by the time he was an adult. Yeah. And it would be I agree. unrealistic to write him in any other way, to be perfectly honest.
1: <clears throat> so so if, I agree, you if you want you Tony want to... to be
0: at NCIS and mutate after he's on the job. Right. Because once you set up a situation where he, um, you, you have to, right, so you just have to be very careful to, if you're trying to get him at NCIS, you have to be careful about what abilities he has coming into it. Or he maybe he has abilities he's trying to hide, but hiding abilities in law enforcement isn't going to be the easiest thing to do. So, because you're around a lot of superbly observant people. Yeah. couldn't have um healing or any kind of durability because um he would have not he'd have been playing professional sports uh unless you give it to him after he's at NCIS you could even have, I have to mute. um I can mute for a second when he gets the plague okay go ahead when 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 he gets the plague you can have that trigger his mutation Or, um, say, he's exposed to some kind of gas during an explosion, or... um, ...of that nature. You know what I mean? So, um, if you want... I just think from a character point of view, when it comes to someone like Tony DeNozzo, you need to be careful when his mutation happens, um, um, because you don't want... um, Hand-waving, the thing about is, the thing about it is, is that it's going to be difficult for you to hand-wave away seniors. A-plus parenting. <laughs> so if he is a mutant as a child, seniors' investment in him would be a great deal different depending on how he mutated. If he had some kind of telekinetic or um, psychic ability, senior would ruin him. Empathy, he'd have been destroyed in, in, in childhood between his alcoholic mother, is that canon? I don't remember. And his father being the asshole supreme, this this kid isn't making it out of, um, out of childhood healthy. Or even semi-healthy as he is in canon. And yes, you can hand wave it away if you want to. It just won't be, it won't it, it won't be realistic. And so it's just you know when you're picking out your character and the mutation and how it's going to happen, you need to think about how it impacts their um, their character arc, um, their relationships with others. Um, and for me, honestly, when I'm going to do something really big like that, I throw out canon because it just gets in my way. But if you need the canon frame, you need to shape the frame to fit what's going to happen. And you need to fix his backstory to um, protect the integrity of the character if you give him a um, mutation in childhood. Because I don't think it'd be realistic for him to come out of being raised by senior With a mutation and not being turned into a nightmare. It's honestly fortunate that Senior wasn't more interested in his own child in his formative years. So that way Tony didn't end up being, you know, a fuckhead as he surely should have could have not should have but could have um, if mutants are unheard of um or it would become a problem you wouldn't want to mutate john or mckay before they get um before they left earth unless you wanted them um, unless it was common and it wouldn't impact their ability to stay on the mission um If Steve Rogers is a mutant before he takes the serum, you need to account for how the serum and his mutation um, respond to each other and why they would mutate, why they would choose a mutant to, for the experiment to begin with. Uh, but that kind of thing. You just need to think about your consequences when you're building an AU like this. And um, think about how the government will respond and how society will respond to mutants. Um, and and just you know, think about the ramifications of of making your character um, different and or dangerous, and how others will respond to that difference or that danger. In order to insert some realism, and I'm not su- I'm not suggesting that you like go all out and make your character miserable and you know has them put in prison and shit. I'm just saying. Cause I don't like to read that depressing angsty stuff anything, any more than you guys do unless you do and like it and then you do you I just read fiction to amuse myself uh, I, I like to be happy I don't like to be sad and cry except for that one story that I read once a year speaking of which I read it I don't last need week and it, I
1: can't I don't need even to read
0: that once I don't need, I don't need the annual torture <laughs> <laughs> I read it last week cried like a baby Cried like a baby. It's beautiful. Every time. Yeah. You could do you could do something mention, um let me mention, um sorry, I I thought I would make it through the show without having to, you know, deal with the forty five year old bladder, but it apparently didn't happen. So I was listening to you guys while I was speaking, but I didn't have the chat room with me, so I'm trying to catch up on my um Um but the- so the Paddington could raise Tony, but you then you hook up instead of senior so that his mutation could come online earlier, but then you then his wife is definitely not going to to Canon that would make no sense so how does gene raise I said that equal I'm um, ending up at N Z I S. it it yeah, doesn't he ends up at m i five or mi six. Yeah, I had a, I have a, a story Interpol. I heard a while ago, where Tony is he get, becomes rape, raised by his, um, his grandfather and his uncle take him when he's like four, and raise him in England, um, and that his um, uncle was an agent for MI5 and actually became the head of MI5. It's the way the story plot is, that Tony does eventually wind up at MI5. Um, it's my head candidate, that one of his uncles is is an MI five. Um because of the world building I did in on that one. Sometimes I do world building on a story um and start write or start working on it and then that it you know kind of that headcanon sort of sheeps into all my other stories behind the scenes even though people don't know it. In accepting um, herself. Yes, I do that. Um, you could do a reinterpretation of what NCIS is. There've been several stories that's done. There was um LCIS. There's a story about the LCIS. Um, I think it was Lycanthrope Investigative, Criminal Investigative Services. Um, Something like that, yeah. Yeah, so you could do a reinterpretation of NCIS. Um, those reinterpretations a lot of times are a little bit weird for me. Not always. Some of them work better than others. Um, but the reinterpretation is because the plausibility of those characters all coming together is um, with different world building. Um, it's a big suspension of disbelief that I struggle with. Not everybody struggles with that suspension, just because like we all have our tolerance, right? That's something that I have a, have a lower threshold than some people on, is all of these characters coming together in a similar organization through completely different means. It just, I don't know, I head tilt a little bit. But that's me. You know, that's not, that doesn't necessarily mean it's not fine craft. It's just my tolerance for that. So just really, but really think about the suspension of disbelief when you're conveniently having the stars align for these five or six people. Um, An MI5 agent undercover at NCIS is, um, that might be a crime, actually. Uh, Yeah, that would be espionage. That is literally espionage. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not saying don't do it. I'm just saying you need to acknowledge that your main character is a spy. Again, which is, you know, interesting and not a problem for me. Just, you know, you need to go all in with it if you're going to go in with it. We don't. We don't care what world you pick, as long as what fandom you pick, as long as there are humans, and that you figure out how to fit mutants into your world, in the way with the loose parameter, with the loose guideline of what a mutant is that we have given. And it is very loose. It is very loose. You don't need to, it doesn't have to be X gene. That's not what we're talking about when we say mutant. It's it's that they are genetically modified in some way, either by birth or through some circle. And they have to be at least half human. So you can't, you know, there's some universes where there's no humans involved and you can't, it won't work. So, No. Ziva's position, Ziva committed espionage, but she was up front and above board as a liaison for Mossad. So it's not the same thing as her being a Mossad agent undercover pretending to be an NCIS agent. So she committed espionage. That's on top, but that was not the parameters of her position. She went the extra mile, so to speak. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) James Kirk could be... Mutated by Khan's blood. I find that to be a very good idea. Yeah, that, that works.
1: I'm you're doing the
0: a chin tap. You know, like, hmm. Yeah, I'm like, hmm, yeah. I had an idea that the Super Soldier serum um, was partially de- de- derived from Sentinel genetics. Um, they're trying to synthesize like a a super soldier who didn't, who was like, had sentinel like abilities that didn't need mm-hmm. a guide kind of thing. Um, I don't know where I was going with that. I had a point with that, but it just escaped. I need to work on better fencing for my ideas. I don't run away. Our <laughs> <sighs> five palace has fences. Um, I actually have a sentinel idea where um, uh, guides are extinct. And this is set in the almost human world, and um, John has to—he um, has to take on a synthetic guide when when he comes online as a sentinel, and he gets Dorian. And Dorian, um, he's synthetic. He is, um, and he was built with the DNA of a guide that died several, you know, hundred years before. I like that. I like that a lot. I bet you that wasn't twenty k. <laughs> no, that is not twenty k. I think just between setting up Dorian and the meeting, um, and that yeah, it's about a hundred k. Between the meeting and him getting used to it, and him, you know, re- you know, wrestling with his feelings for this this synthetic human being who's not technically a machine. but has machine parts <laughs> because I didn't go with the actual um robotics of almost human um I went with a more synthetic organism he's not really a clone um but there's some cloning aspects he's he's a, he, um Dorian's a, a synthetic human being and he has um He's capable of emotions and feeling and because and, he, well, he has to be because he's a guide. So when I decided that he'd be a guide, I had to um, think about how he would be um, able to support a sentinel. And that required empathy, which required emotions. Um, and that also required an organic um, component. So I guess cyborg might be the better term. But he wasn't made from another human being. He's entirely synthetic. Um, so I haven't, like, been Frankensteining a, a guide in my story. But um, anyways, it's, it's an idea. I also have one where he kills a whole bunch of um, uh, of the robots, and um, he has to buy his own, but he can't really afford to buy one of the fancy ones, to buy um, one of the ones that's been decommissioned. And he ends up buying Dorian. But it's kind of weird because Dorian's more human-looking than the other ones. You know, obviously, if you've watched the show, you know that. And so now he has mm-hmm. this robot living in his house. It's kind of human, and he owns a person, and it really freaks him out. <laughs> that would freak me out too. <laughs> so he inadvertently like human. starts a robot. Uh. Uh freedom thing because he's, he decides that he's going to make Dorian own himself and they're like, you can't do that. Yes, I can. <laughs> <laughs> almost human. The show is almost human. Yeah, almost human. It's it tra- It's tragic the cancellation of that show because it was really good. I enjoyed it. I would have liked to have seen at least like six more seasons of that. Or ten. Yeah, but you know it's it was Fox's second or third great mistake. Probably depending upon your, your opinion of Terra Nova, it was their third big mistake, but I haven't watched Terra Nova, but I would rate um Serenity John Doe Almost Human. Those would be my three that Fox canceled that I that made me stop watching Fox. I can't trust them anymore. I st- well, I've been watching that show, um, *Lisa Weapon*, but I'm not emotionally invested in it, which is a good thing considering. Yes, especially considering what's going on with that show. I enjoy it. I find it entertaining. I wouldn't. I wouldn't cry if it was canceled. Um, right. And- Dollhouse was interesting and they canceled that too. They canceled that when it got interesting. When it finally found its legs and was it had some traction, they canceled it. Yeah. But I was double mad about John Doe because not only did they cancel it, but one of the asshole executives revealed the secret so they couldn't shop it anywhere else. That's me. Harsh. Yeah. We only got a couple minutes. Does anybody else have any questions about that doesn't involve tentacles? Um, We will. Or what world you can use. Because the answer is going to persistently build about what world you can use. It depends on how you do it. Um, we will have, this won't be the last time we talk about November. We're just giving people, this is like the kickoff, like giving you time to start thinking and planning and, you know, doing some inspiration art or whatever it is you do in your process. If you are one of the people that just sits on it for a few months and, um, sees what ideas bubble up, whatever your your jam is, give you a chance to start thinking about it. Um, what was the secret in John Doe? The the secret was was that he died and he was exposed to all of the um knowledge of the universe. So basically he ascended and then he came back and he got to keep all the knowledge. Well, I'm not going to let you forget the tentacle dildos Azure. So basically he like um he achieved a godlike knowledge. And that was the secret of John Doe. And uh, shortly after they canceled it, one of the executives explained the secret in an interview um, and ruined their chances of shopping the show elsewhere. No one's going to buy the big spoiler fic. Right? Which was shady as fuck. You can also the the, the this is, is the page on the is the page on RefTrade open for questions? It is, I believe. Okay. But yeah, so you can ask questions can, on on the RefTrade yeah, page. Though. Um, if there's co- questions that come up more than once, we'll be sure to address them the next time we talk about this subject. Um, but yeah, just be noodling it and um read the faq before you ask questions because it's pretty clear please try to manipulate an answer out of me to make your idea work when it really doesn't because um i might sound like a little girl but i'm actually a grown ass woman and i'm not particularly easy to manipulate <clears throat> i'm just saying I know I sound like I'm a 12 year old. I'm aware. I'll give you at least 15. Cina sounds 12. Cynthia <laughs> does sound 12. Okay, I'll take 15. I'll take 15. <sighs> you know, Ellie? Corner. That's good. And Allie, now, and now it's you're going to need your own corner. Now you, she's going <laughs> to have her own corner. She has earned her own corner. I mean, you ruined me last night. I spent most of the days thinking about Snappledore. Snappledore? <laughs> that was her, wasn't it? Ellie? Yes. It Snappledore? Yes, Ellie was Snappledore. <sighs> it was so bad, I even put it on Facebook and traumatized readers who don't even listen to the podcast. Because why should I suffer alone? Now, now, on that so note, that we have 90 seconds her, left. So, in her last minute, we'll traumatize everybody with what she said this time, is that she's going to have a technopath in her story selling and building and selling tentacle dildos. <laughs> <laughs> Will it be like a food cart? <laughs> <laughs> oh, was that you, Edie, that did the Snapple door? What was it? Ellie was in the corner for There was no telling. She Somebody is... In- Influenced her terribly I don't know who it was <clears throat> They were both We did have an e-corner last night They were both in the corner I remember that Oh, she was in the corner for the bondage The Snape and the Dumbledore bondage Oh, oh, oh I had gotten that out of my brain I shouldn't have asked <laughs> Yes, yeah, back in the corner now you, it's back. You, you get the corner all week 36 for that. seconds Say night, Jillian <laughs> <laughs> Good night, everyone. Shut up and sit down. We'll <laughs> be